Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. It's one thing to try to beat an opponent, but it's a far different task to try to beat the heart of a champion. I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors. Plus, we'll talk about one local team playing like a champ and the other playing like a chump you can guess which one is which so like i said listen up because you're really gonna want to get a load of this so here we are nba championship final series shifts to golden state tied at one game apiece You know, you hear the cliche in sports all the time, you know, the heart of a champion, the heart of a champion. I mean this sincerely. I've been, listen, sports has been my career, although we talk about other things here, but, you know, sports, as you know, has been my career. And I want to tell you, I've seen a lot of hearts of champions. It was never displayed to me, and I mean this sincerely, it was never displayed to me better than it was in the opening six minutes of game number two up in Toronto. Y- you got a lesson in six minutes what the true heart of a champion means. The Golden State Warriors exemplified that to the nth degree. It was halftime. They went into halftime. First of all, at one point, you know, late in that second half, they were down by 12. Fortunately, they had cut it to five at half. They were losing 59-54. It's in Toronto. Toronto's up one game to none. All right? The crowd is electric. The fans are in a frenzy. The town is in an uproar. They're all excited. They got a chance to go up two games to none on the defending, I might add, two-time defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors. Remember Golden State? Still, you know, they're beat up. I don't want to say ragtag, but they're beat up. They're playing without the reigning two-time NBA Finals MVP, Kevin Durant. Okay. Having said that, 
they come out in those opening six minutes and they go on. Oh, it's approximately six minutes. They go on an 18-0 run. Now, we have seen runs like that before. But that was a run in enemy territory when you're down one game to none and you're not playing with all of your artillery. That, to me... And I don't like the Golden State Warriors. I mean, there's no particular reason because, uh, you, you know, other than Draymond Green, uh, there's nobody on that team I dislike. And, and you know, Draymond Green's a pain in the ass, but quite frankly, if he's on your team, you love him. You know, it's like, you know, when, when every everybody in every other city hated Charles Oakley, you loved him in New York because he was Oak. But that said, they were beat up. Curry, I, I mean, assorted aches and pains. They're playing without their best player. And so th- that's not taking anything away from Curry, but KD is the man. That 18-0 run was brilliant because it wasn't just, oh, we were making some shots. It was f- fast breaking. It was precision passing. On the money, lockdown defense. That is what you call the heart of a champion. Now, believe me, Golden State, you didn't want to go down two games to none heading home. Okay? You didn't want to go down two games to none in a best of seven because then you got to win four to the next five. But they did that. Really? I mean, they went out, and that that six minutes was blistering, as blistering as anything I have ever seen. You know, give me all the cliches that you want. They came out when the bell rang for that second half. If you're a fighter, they came out throwing lefts, rights, haymakers, kidney punches, uppercuts, right crosses, Kicking them in the nuts. They did everything. Crash is laughing here. I mean, they did everything. They absolutely did everything. They displayed the tremendous heart of a champion. I thought it was wonderful to see. I mean, as a guy who covers sports, that to me was absolutely tremendous. And if you recall, I mentioned this last week. When you talk about the heart of a champion, I I had mentioned this. In their series against the Portland Trail Blazers, that series in which they swept the Blazers four games to none, okay? Remember this. Game two, that series was a lot tougher than you thought it was. But all the geniuses, you know, a lot of people were coming out, well, do we even need KD? Because are are they better? Uh, Are are the the Golden State Warriors a better team without uh, Kevin Durant? You know, because of the sweep. No, what it is about the Golden State Warriors, the heart of a champion. 
I will use that cliche today more than I have ever used it. The heart of a champion. Because as as I was saying, in that Golden State-Portland series, game two, in Portland, in Portland they were down, um, excuse me, a game two, um, not in Portland, um, Golden State, they, they were down 17 late first half. They were down 18 late first half in the game three. And in game four, they were down late in the game 15. It was 93-78. And each and every time they prevailed because they kept storming back. And I, I told you this, Kenny Smith said on the uh, TNT postgame show, it's one thing to try and knock somebody off. It's an altogether other operation to try and knock off a champion. And I listened to him and I looked at it and I said, right on, brother. Because that was exactly what happened. Champs don't go down easily. That also gave you a clear-cut example of what you're seeing now with the Golden State Warriors. And I don't know that the Golden State Warriors are going to win Game 3. I don't know that the Golden State Warriors are going to win this series. I Going in, I would think that they would, especially if um, Kevin Durant comes back. But, you know, the Toronto Raptors are a damn good team. But experience counts for so much. And experience counts when it comes to being a champion. And and I remember a- after they, they beat Golden State, w- when Stephen Curry was interviewed, and he was asked the question, how'd you do it? He says, well, you know, we got a lot of experience here. You know, to go into the NBA Finals five years in a row. That stuff counts for something. It counts for something. It's not anything, if you cover sports, it's not anything at all to be taken lightly. Just as I, I said, a, a, a you, you need to, what do they say, you, you crawl before you can walk? You know, I, I said that about the Portland Trailblazers last week after they lost to Golden State. They're going to be better for that because... Now they know when you're fighting a champion and you got the champion on the ropes and you got one eye closed and he's cut under both eyes and he's gasping for air and he's in the corner and the ref is kind of looking, do I stop the fight? No, you got to stop the fight. That's what a champion does. The champion finishes the deal. Conversely, when the champion is on the ropes, that's when a champion reaches for something extra. I'll never forget this since we're talking about champions. You know, one of the great boxing champions, quite frankly, of all time, was Sugar Ray Leonard. I think it was a five-time different weight classes. I I don't remember the exact number. And I'm going back now. Uh, I started my career in Toronto. And uh, coming from the Olympics, it was the 84 Olympics, 
Uh, a guy by the name of Sean O'Sullivan was a Canadian welterweight. Uh, and Sean O'Sullivan, he was a silver medalist in, in the Olympics. It just so happened that he had the same manager as Sugar Ray Leonard, a guy by the name of Mike Trainer. And I, you know, because I covered Sean, I got very friendly with Mike Trainer and Sugar Ray. I'll never forget this. And Sean was doing well. He was doing well. He was doing well. And then he fought a guy. I forget the guy's name. And I remember because I was watching the fight. It was the first one of uh, uh, O'Sullivan's fights that I couldn't go to because I was in the Dominican Republic covering baseball. So I watched the fight on ESPN. And Sean O'Sullivan, his guy, was having a lousy time. You know, it wasn't his night. It was going to be his first defeat. And Ray Leonard was working the corner. It wasn't the main guy. He was working the corner. And Sugar Ray says to him, and, and I've never forgotten it. All right, my man, okay, you don't have your best stuff tonight. You don't have your best stuff tonight. What are you going to do about it? You got to go find it. You don't have your best stuff tonight. What are you going to do about it? And I remember saying to myself, because I was a big fan of this kid, Sean O'Sullivan. I remember saying to myself, yeah, Ray, easy for you to say, because you're a champion. And I understood. That's when that whole heart of a champion clicked into me. And I remember, you know, the next time I saw Ray, I spoke to him about it. I says, you know, you were in the, in the Sean O'Sullivan fight. I says, remember when you said to him, you got to find it. And he says to me, well, yeah, Russ, when you're in trouble like that, you got to find it. I said, yeah, Ray, you were able to find it because you were a champion. And Sean is trying to be one. There's a big difference. And that is when I really, really started to understand the heart of a champion. When you don't have your stuff, like the Golden State Warriors don't have Kevin Durant, one of the all-time best players in this league. Just a great player. Certainly one of the great, great players, dominating players of his era. You don't have him, and and guys are beaten and, and battered, and they're fighting like a champion. That is the heart of a champion. So, uh, again, folks... I don't know what the hell is going to happen for the rest of this series. Personally, I'd love to see Toronto win. I think it'd be great for the NBA. I started my career up in there. It'd be great for the people up in Toronto. It happens to be a very rabid uh, basketball town. People might, you know, not think of it. And obviously, you know, north of the border, hockey is not a sport. It's a religion. You know, you go up to places like Toronto and Montreal. But I, I love to see Toronto win. But if the if the Golden State Warriors win, let me tell you something. I will stand up and clap and applaud and cheer because it'll be well deserved. I mean, these guys. I mean, all of these guys that have character and guts. Very, very impressive. Very, very, very impressive to me. So don't, 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 you know, the, these comments about hearts of a champion, 
it, folks, if you cover sports and you watch sports, you really got to think about that. Because when, when you criticize teams and you criticize players, it, it that that heart of a champion business, that doesn't happen overnight. That's something that is built. And Golden State Warriors have it big time. Win, lose, or draw, you know, they do indeed have hearts of champions. Having said that, now let's move to two of our local teams. And this being the baseball season, I will talk about Team A, the Yankees, and Team B, the Mets. As I said, one local team pretty much playing like champs, and the other team pretty much playing like chumps. I'll let you guess which one I'm assuming is the champion and which one I'm I'm assuming. Chris, is there such a word as champion? We'll just call him a chump. Okay. Trademark it. Yeah. All right, listen, folks. Um... Yankees are four and one this year against the uh, Boston Red Sox. Boston really needed to win that game this past Sunday night because number one, Yankees would have been five and zero against them this season. Yankees also would have gone up ten and a half games, uh, which would have been, I think, eleven games in the um, what you call in the uh, loss column. You don't make up uh, that so easily, even though it's you know you're not at the All Star break yet. But Yankees are playing terrific. I, I can't say enough good things about them. They never quit. They are displaying. They are displaying that that championship attitude because they're not giving excuses. You got Judge out of the lineup. You got Stanton out of the lineup. You got D.D. out of the lineup. Supposed to come back pretty soon. You got Luis Severino, Batances. I mean, you know, uh, Andujar. Give me a break. You know, this looks like a mash unit. That mass mass unit has a record of thirty eight and twenty. You know, since we're talking about teams like that, you know, the Houston Astros. Who is it? George Springer's out of the lineup. Correa's out of the lineup. Altuve's out of the lineup. They're forty and twenty. Teams find a way to get. The job done. I can cannot applaud the New York Yankees more. Really, they they what they've done is miraculous. Really is. It, 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 I would call it miraculous. And and listen, we know there are a lot of bad teams in Major League Baseball, but you play who's on your schedule. Okay. And look what they've done with all their injuries. One thing though that bothered me in Sunday's night game in Sunday night's game Clint Frazier had a horrible game. He 
bunch of errors. I mean, he stunk. He stunk in right field. No, no ifs, ends, or buts about it. He got roasted by the fans, and he was roasted by the media the next day. Apparently, he didn't want to talk after the game. You know, he, he had a rough night. Look, and you've heard me say this before. I don't, um, I'm not making excuses for anybody. You know, this is the big leagues. You're paid to perform. If you can't perform, they'll get somebody else. But understand this, and you've heard me say it time and time again. Good players, excuse me, good player or bad player, a player in any sport does not try to make an error. He does not try to drop a ball. He does not try to strike out. I will boo the ass off of somebody if they're lollygagging and they're lazy and they're, you know, aloof and don't give a rat's ass and aren't nice to the fans or, you know, giving you fingers or refuse. Frazier's trying. And Frazier's also been on a uh, revolving door going up, going down. And he certainly has been hitting the ball. So the kid is no bum. Like, like to me, everybody, you know, calm down. You don't give up on a young guy just like that so fast. I mean, you know, Clint Frazier, folks, I said 38 and 20. You know, by the time you get this, the record might be a little different. But by the when I'm doing it, they're 38 and 20. Folks, he's part of the reason that they're 38 and 20. He's part of the reason. He, he's filled in admirably. You know, yeah, the Yankees have been displaying a championship attitude. And I do believe, I do believe it will serve them well when these guys come back. You know, I, I kind of, I'm laughing. You know, we were talking about KD before. I'll digress for a second. Uh, the uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors better without, you know, Kevin Durant. I said how stupid it was. <laughs> hey, Yankee fans. Is this Yankee squad better than with Judge and with Stanton and with Didi and with Luis Severino and with Betances? Of course not. So the Yankees are going to have a nice problem when they come back. But these guys, these young guys, have displayed a championship attitude. They've shown what it takes. I will I will give um, Aaron Boone credit for keeping them together. And I, not that I was not a fan of Aaron Boone. I just thought Joe Girardi got screwed out of the job. You know, I'm not going to go into that all over again because, you know, he did. But having said that, Boone has done an admirable job keeping this all together. You know, the f- four 4-1 uh, and one against the Red Sox. You know, Red Sox are the champions at 30 and 29 as we speak. So, really, um, 
Yanks are doing extremely, extremely well. But we take nothing for granted. You still got a long way to go. You know, I mean, I'm I'm talking about the Boston Red Sox. You know, we're like, got to be careful of casting aside the Tampa Bay Rays. But let's calm down. Because, I mean, listen, Clint Frazier means nothing to me. But I just think <laughs> the only crime Clint Frazier to me ever made was when he came to the Yankees and he asked for number seven. You don't ask for Mickey Mantle's number. But th- that's when I realized a lot of these young guys, they don't know the history of teams coming in. They don't. So, but, but Clint Frazier's not making errors on purpose. Okay. Everybody needs to calm down a little bit, but I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see these Yankees, you know, when they get healthy. Uh, as I say, they're not champs, not not yet. They got a long, long, long way to go before they can approach that. But they're playing damn good baseball. I hope I'm not giving them the jinx by saying that, but they've been playing damn good baseball. On the other hand, you have your Mets. They have been playing damn gut-wrenching baseball, at least gut-wrenching to their fans. I don't want to belabor this. I I don't want to go over it time and time and time and time again. But my goodness... They don't, the the Mets don't lose. They don't just lose. You know, you hear these bad losses. They're bad losses on bad losses. What they they do for their fans, they take a knife, they cut out your gizzards. Then they rip them out, and then they shove them back down your throat again, and then cut them out again. I mean, these losses, the bullpen, I mean, you have the Grom. You know, uh, the other night in Arizona, the guy's looking just like the Cy Young Award, the the reigning Cy Young Award winner that he is. You know, back on the beam, back doing everything he's doing. And then what the hell, what the hell do you do? You have your bullpen come in. He left when it was 4-1, they lose 6-5 in 11 innings. They had the game in, in L.A., they have an 8-3 lead. They lose, what, 9-8? I, I mean, they. why the hell did they bring Jerris Familia back? I said that way back when. My buddy Crash and I were talking about, they bring him back. Yeah, uh, uh, Familia was good, was damn good at one point. He's not any longer. And they gave him money to come back? What the hell for? And I am not a super scout or anything like that. But what for? In this day and age when you're watching your pennies and you want to spend wisely here and there, what the hell for? I I, I mean, I, you know, you got Cano. Cano, like I call them all season long, I'll call them again a $100 million throw-in because they wanted Edwin Diaz. 
so they had to have Cano. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to kill that because I wanted Diaz, big time. Tremendous closeup, albeit he's been in a slump. That happens. I'm, I'm not killing him. Uh, and he certainly has been part of the problem with the bullpen of late anyway. But I do not understand what the hell has, you know, it, it is demoralized. That will, that will absolutely demoralize a team. When you're coming into a situation and you're winning games and your bullpen, bullpen can't hold anything, that demoralizes a team. And I hear these stories, you know, Mickey Calloway this. What and I'm not a I'm not defending Mickey Calloway, but what's Calloway supposed to do? Pitch. He's been given this roster. You know, while everybody was applauding Brody Van Wagen and Aha, uh-huh, well, that's great. Well, I don't hear any pl- applause of late. Uh, everybody, listen, the amazing thing is, is that the Mets are just five games behind the Philadelphia Phillies. Five games. That that American League, that, excuse me, National League East was supposed to be, you know, special. And I guess when I say five games, five games as of right now when I'm talking. Five games. But you know what? That five games going to turn into 15 games real quick if somebody doesn't do something about this bullpen. Because this bullpen is performing like chumps. You know, I don't like doing these things where I'm just picking on a team, but it's gotten out of hand. I fell asleep over the weekend. I fell asleep. What the hell was the score? The score was... um, 5-3, they lose 6-5 in 11. I mean, come on. The Mets need to stop playing like chumps. And Van Wagenen and Callaway, and they all need to get together and figure this out. Because, laws, you know, winning, I don't care how long you've been in the business winning builds confidence losing takes it away you got it it's not any we're not splitting atoms and not it's it's not albert einstein talking it's real simple winning builds confidence losing takes it away and right now the bullpen is taking the confidence away out of the new york mets now, players aren't going to say that you know, because that's not being a team person to point fingers. But that's exactly what the hell is going on. Winning builds confidence. Losing takes it away. And the bullpen is taking away the confidence of the New York Mets as a whole. Needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed pronto. But for now, that is a wrap on today. I want to thank all of you lovely people for getting a load of this. And now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. You can let me know on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. 
I'm on Facebook. You can also visit my website anytime at russsalzberg.com. My thanks to the big man across the way, Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano, who's always taking care of me, to the uh, outstanding OG Podcast Network producer that I have, Tim Einenkel, to the head of the OG Podcast Network, Chris Rutsky, to Matt Dahl, the 77 WABC assistant program director, to Dave Labrosi, the new 77 WABC program director. And last but certainly not least, to you guys and gals out there, because without you guys and gals, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.